All right, welcome back to this Wednesday show, and it is that time of the evening where we meet over with our friends at Black Locks Reporter, because they do the digging, and they get a lot of good dirt. Tom Korski is the main shovel man there. He is the editor of Black Locks Reporter. He joins us now. Good to have you, Tom. Thanks, Alex. You know, I was thinking, Tom, as I reflect back to the Christmas we all missed last year, and we're told we'd get back to normal this year, I thought, you know, wouldn't it be great if we just had those field hospitals we paid S&C 150 million bucks for? Whatever happened to those things? I was thinking, you know, you remember last year we were, we were, we were talking about the crazy spending on useless contracts for stuff that people didn't <laughs> need? And we said, that, uh-huh. that, that's never going to happen again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're never going to see, you're never seeing that again. No, but it's crazy, Tom. We paid all this money to get all these things that are supposed to go into place to avoid the very scenario we are here in again. And I'm thinking, well, if we're so worried about hospital capacity, why didn't they build the field hospitals? Like that to me is like, do that over the summer. You got paid for it. Just put up a pitch the tent. There was a lot of issues. Uh, that's true. And, and they never did find the person in the Department of Public Works who made the call. That person remains unidentified. It's never been mm. identified. The question has been asked in committee in the House. We've asked it. Who was the person who called the Quebec Engineering Company on the spot and said, $150 million cash on the barrel. We'd like some field hospitals. And they were never used. No hospital authority asked for one of those tents. They never, ever did. Couldn't get that name. It's funny, though. They do have a direct line pretty much into the prime minister's office. So maybe we know who made that call. Nonetheless, um, if we're going to audit any of this stuff, I guess that won't happen. Uh, I find you got a whole bunch of stuff to dig through, but the auditors are not going to examine billions in payouts under the CERB program that uh, was budgeted for like $24 billion and has ballooned to over $90 billion. I don't get this. Auditor General Karen Hogan, I mean, you know, that's her job. Find where the dollars went. Um, and she's told the committee, uh, we're, we're just not going to do that. And the committee said, well, do your bloody job. Find where the money went. And, and we're not talking small amounts, Tom. Some of this money has been linked linked to gang activity. Huge, uh, huge dollars went out in that program, over $81 billion. It was one of the most expensive COVID programs. It was interesting, Alex. On the entire subject, the overarching theme of um, – crazy spending without accountability or oversight. There was, this for me was an indelible pandemic moment. Former uh, Mm -hmm. Crown Counsel from Quebec, who was uh, counsel on the Charbonneau Commission that sent three mayors uh, out of office in Quebec for corruption. And he testified in committee, he said, you know, don't think that contracting rules are what you do when the sun shines. This is exactly when you do it, when you don't feel like it, when you feel that you've had a stressful day on account of the pandemic. That's exactly when you want accountability and oversight in real time on every dollar that goes out the door. Alex, it never happened. And the taxpayers will be picking up the pieces, not today and tomorrow, for years to come. Well, look, we're not talking small amounts. For sure, there were many people who needed that program, but I guarantee you about $40 billion of that money went to people who did not need it, including kids in grade nine school or the mother who likes to lunch before her tennis game in Forest Hill or the, you know, or the gangbanger who decided to use it to buy a new gun. We know that happened. They won't look for it. And you think of where that money could have gone, like, oh, I don't know, to build more ICU capacities or to get more rapid testing or to get the vaccines here for boosters earlier. All that money is just pissed away. 
and and that was not ironically the most expensive pandemic relief program. There was the wage subsidy program. No. Only now have MPs horse gone, door closed. Only now <laughs> have MPs on the finance committee said there should be no wage subsidy go to any publicly traded corporation that pays shareholder dividends. Do you think that's a good idea? Yes, they all agreed with that. Uh, Liberal MPs voted against it. Conservatives and New Democrats had enough votes uh, with the bloc to get it through. But that program has already spent over $90 billion, Alex. $90 billion. You know, that started out, God bless him, Bill Morneau. Don't think that man didn't cast a long shadow for taxpayers. That wage mm. subsidy started out as aid for hard-pressed storekeepers at a 10% rate. By the time Bill Morneau and his friends were done, it turned into a welfare program for the biggest corporations sure. in the country. All, you're oh, but, right. But not even in this country. You talk about some of these foreign-owned corporate, the Bank of China, Air China, China Eastern Airlines, China Southern Airlines Company, exactly. Pakistan's Habib Bank, and, and and the Bank of South Korea. Why the hell are we giving any of these companies our tax dollars? It's outrageous. It was outrageous, and there was no oversight, and there was no auditor standing there in real time. And the auditor today says it's really, really hard, and <laughs> they're not interested. Well, we know why. We know why there's no auditor and there's no managers that are keen in going into all these accounts. It's my mm. personal conviction that someone would go to prison. That's just my personal <laughs> belief. That you can't spend this kind of this kind of money without cross dealing. It's impossible. Yeah, it, it's uh, that is her job, and if she can't do it, then quit and put someone in who can, because it is out. Outrageous. But there's a whole bunch of kind of ethical themed issues that you guys have dug up. Um, the Commons Ethics Committee on Tuesday voted six to four, rejecting an investigation of contracts for COVID for lobbyists, because according to Liberal MP Greg Fergus, who's the parliamentary secretary to the prime minister, it would just be stirring the pot. Doesn't seem to be logical to waste our time. I mean, we're talking about $510 billion in pandemic spending, and we know you've reported on it. Frank Bayless, a former Liberal MP, got like $237 million for, for ventilators that are gathering dust in warehouses right now. But, you know, it would just be stirring the pot to find out if you know, anyone who shouldn't have gotten the money got it. It, it would stir it up. <laughs> Fergus nailed it. Use your spoon. Here you go. It, it would stir it up so much before you know it. There'd be police lights and bailiffs. It would. Oh, there would be no <laughs> no end to the stirring. By the way, those bail those famous bailiffs ventilators. I don't know if you remember this. This is one of my favorite pandemic stories. They had to be sitting in a warehouse in Ottawa. They didn't know what to do with them, so they shipped some to India. But they forgot that India actually ha doesn't have the three prong electrical outlet. That that's exactly the same. <laughs> they were even the South Asian hospital authorities couldn't use the Bayless machines because they had they had to send them the converter. Now, everyone who's ever gone backpacking through India already knew that the Department of Public Works, mm. interestingly, did not. Yeah, no, I, I'm with. Well, I'm you. sure I'm we'll pay for those adapters. I'm, oh, you did. Oh, you, did. <laughs> <laughs> you you're just stirring it though. You're just stirring stirring the pot out. Well, Mr. Fergus, I'm happy to send you the spoon for Christmas because clearly there's stirring that needs to be done. And then you've got Ethics Commissioner Marion, Mario Dion, who's saying that favoritism for friends should be forbidden under the conflict of interest code for MPs. And so he would like, uh, you know, maybe MPs to go in for a little course on how not to get into a little conflict of interest. I assume Mr. Trudeau will be head of that class. 
It's interesting. Uh, uh, this is not widely known. The conflict of interest code for MPs doesn't have anything about golf buddies, cronies, and drinking pals. It says you <laughs> cannot further the interests of an immediate family member. That's a spouse or children, minor children. Uh, there's nothing in there about cronies. And uh, Commissioner Dion testifying in the House Affairs Committee said, you know, you might want to get on that. You might want to include the friends. Well, <laughs> there was a a member, Mr. Garrison from Kingston, former mayor of Kingston, liberal mm-hmm. member. Said, yeah. How, how'd that yeah, guy get reelected? How I mean, did that? Uh, well, he, he was there and he said, you know, once you start, you know, I'm not a fan, he said, uh, because if you're a good person, you don't need rules. You know, that as they, the, the bad people can always find their way around rules. Point taken. But it Power corrupts. In the 21st right. century, uh, after we are, what, 154 years of confederation, there is no conflict code that says an MP can't help a drinking buddy. Interesting. But if your besties like the Wee Boys, the Kilbergers, have at her. And then, of course, you get like the example. You've got this liberal lobbyist, Susan Smith, who's quite regular on the CBC, where she also gets paid to do her um, her talking. Karen Hogan, who doesn't want to audit and look into Serb spending and fraud and cheats, was all too happy to send her audits that hadn't even been seen by other MPs or other opposition members or anybody. They were sent to this woman who shills for the Liberals so she could go on the CBC and spew damage control for audit reports that were still not coming out for months. I mean, are you kidding me, Tom? I know. uh, There is uh, a history of some great auditors general, and I'm sorry (laughs) to say Ms. Hogan is not one of them. Her office mm. awarded the, this sole-sourced contract, that means no bidding, that's just bad mm. policy, no bidding to this liberal lobbyist for media coaching, they said. We saw emails where there was instruction given to the liberal lobbyist firm on how to split the contract so you could get under the minimum threshold to allow open bidding so taxpayers could ensure value. Alex, that's just so wrong. This is why we have a procurement ombudsman. It drives him crazy. It's just really bad. And this was the Auditor General's office doing it. Hogan has never adequately explained her complicated relationship with this lobbyist. MPs asked again on the Finance Committee, not getting adequate answers. There may be additional investigations. That's Ottawa. It really is. That's that's all you need to know about how this town works. It's really it's really who you know. Or or who? Well, never mind. I can't say that on the radio. But nonetheless, Tom, I appreciate you digging this up. We will, I'm yeah. sure, get more from you. Appreciate the time. My pleasure. That uh, is Tom Korski from Black Locks Reporter, subscription-based magazine. Oh, it is so worth every cent, and a great little stocking stuffer if you've got someone who's a policy wonk or a media or a political wonk who likes to get all the dirt. That's a great gift for them. On Point on Global News Radio.